D-Day was the largest single-purpose operation our civilization ever mounted in one day. They land, and at 632, the ramps drop right here, and A Company is totally wiped out. For 30-plus years, I've been giving the active-duty soldiers tours of the battlefield areas. Remember, all this time, the Germans are hosing this grass with machine guns. So the only way they could survive was to get down in those trenches and stay there. I would like to think that I'm imparting to them what the originals told to me. I want them to understand what this place cost. The voice of Colonel Keith Nightingale in an excerpt from the documentary, 6th of June. You'll hear more excerpts throughout this episode as we celebrate this extraordinary film and speak to one of its producers. Right after this break, this is Point of the Spirit. Welcome back, I'm Robert Child. Today, during this Veterans Day week, we are celebrating an exceptional World War II documentary, which is a thematic and emotional exploration of the D-Day commemorations in St. Marie-Glise, France. It is an urgent plea to realize that the boys who stormed the beaches and dropped from the skies in Normandy are now old men who are dying every day. And the time is now to capture their stories before they are forever lost. The film is called 6th of June and Rylan Sorov one of the producers of this extraordinary documentary joins us now. Rylan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have to tell our listeners that this film is truly extraordinary. It's one which compels you to watch, and very few films make you stop what you're doing, sit down, and focus on what's in front of you. And I really have to hand it to you. This documentary is extraordinary. Well done, sir. Well done. Well, I, I certainly appreciate it. it it's definitely, uh, I, I was glad to play a small part, but obviously it's, uh, as, as films are, it's the, the work of uh, a, an extraordinary team of people that go into making the film. And, and ultimately our, our goal was really to draw attention to the men who served and, and the mission and, and drawing attention to the history and the sacrifice that they made. And so ultimately I think that, you know, it, it, uh, none of this at all would have been possible had it not been for them. So, um, you know, it's it's really all about the veterans here. And uh, I'm just glad that we made something that is compelling and, you know, people has found an audience. Yeah, the veterans really draw you in. It's, uh, they're amazing. We spoke on the phone a couple of weeks ago about the project and how it came together. And you have a long connection to St. Marigliese. Uh Can you tell us about that connection you have with that area yes of course um and i'll i'll try to give the buttoned up version because there's there's a long and a short version of the story mm -hmm. but i'll i'll try to give some important details but um i was actually first introduced to saint mary Glees through my mother um she we we grew up in a town called locust valley and following the war um locust valley kind of adopted saint mary Glees, which was one of the first towns liberated uh after the invasion and um we she had been uh, discovered this history through a friend of hers and uh, was fascinated by it because the people in our town had 
you know, all but forgotten about the, uh, the, the legacy there. And so my mom found it compelling and realized that the relationship that was established between Locust Valley and St. Mary Glees um, ultimately led to what became the Sister Cities program through the Marshall Plan and is an ongoing program. I mean, you'll see, you know, Los Angeles and Cannes and other cities <clears throat> around the world partnered. Mm -hmm. And so it was all really initiated by the relationship between our town and St. Mary Glees. And so my mom realized the importance of that history and its relevance to current events and wanted to rekindle that history and, and remind the people in our town of, you know, why that history was important and then uh, initiate a, a, an exchange between our town um, uh, that would be ongoing. And so she initially uh, brought us over to Normandy and, and we had the sort of the, the experience of being over there, which was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. Um, you know, visiting the beaches and, and walking through Colville Cemetery. And it, it was just an extraordinary and powerful experience. And so as uh, her relationship and relationships over in the town developed and deepened, she wanted to find ways of trying to bring more of an audience and, and really engage the, the local community and sort of the, the broader community in the understanding of this history. And so I had been friends with uh, Henry, who was the director of the film, for a long time and, and Henry's part of the Roosevelt family. Um, and, you know, it, despite him being a bit sheepish about, uh, about that, um, he, uh, he, uh, my mom thought it was important that he go over just given his family's uh, history in the area and, and significance during the war. And so she brought him over and, and, you know, between us, we realized that this was a story that, needs to be told the commemoration ceremonies that happen over in St. Mary Glees and throughout the region are, you know, ongoing and they've been happening since right after the war ended. And um, it's, it's sort of an extraordinary thing that, you know, to be honest, I don't think really exists anywhere else in the world in, in this way. I think that the French people are, are truly honored and, and feel a debt to the Americans who came and, and liberated them and, and provided their freedom. And, and the, uh, the people in the, in the region um, really value that sacrifice and it's their mission to keep that history and that legacy ongoing. So they're beginning their first attack on the night of June 6th. I looked down and saw the fire coming up all of a sudden, bullets were hitting on the side of the ship. We got the, the green light to jump, and I jumped out into the darkness. As I hit the beach, and the soldiers start pouring out, and then it's when I realized what we were going into. He fell down and he just shook his nerves, you know. I went and rolled him over. From here on, his head was gone. It's amazing because the first time I went to Europe on a project, on a film I was doing, it struck me how still connected uh, Europeans are to World War II, because we, uh, Americans, we don't see that over here at all. 
Mm-hmm. But when you go over there, it really strikes you. you you've really honored that connection. Yeah, it, it's it's in the terroir, right? Like you know, the French people speak about it. You know, it's it's in the land. You know, the the blood was sacrificed there, and I think yeah. when you go there, you can feel that it it exists. And I think you know, beyond just the fact that you can, people are still finding shells and knives, and you know, you go into the garage of anybody in the in the in the town, and you know, you'll find some sort of memory or some sort of fragment from the the events that took place and so it's it's quite something but it's it really is the physicality of the place uh is is relevant it is and I, i've done world war one films over there as well and and there's there's that connection with world war one as well which is amazing you mentioned henry uh, which is one of my questions now you knew henry for a long time from school and he's been involved with some big films like The Social Network and other projects. Tell us about your connection with him. Yeah, I mean, uh, Henry and I both went to the same high school and uh, he did. He was a year older than me. And when we got to school, we were uh, we both went out for the soccer team and Henry, I think, played soccer at a pretty high level prior to going to that high school. And, and uh, you know, I was playing competitively prior to, to arriving as well. And uh, I think we both uh, we went we went out for the varsity team and felt that we weren't given our time and so we both landed on the JV team and uh, kind of fooled around a little bit and <laughs> I think became friends because we we felt uh, that we weren't e- equally not given our due and so uh, we we just became friends and and we're friends all, all throughout school and actually um, I, I didn't even know that Henry made films in school other than uh, I think I knew a bit about this senior film that he made, but uh, you know, it was a joke. It wasn't anything serious, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we didn't really stay too much in touch over college. And then after graduation, I had found out that uh, he, I think he had posted something on Facebook about being out in California for the social network premiere. And um, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. And I was like, Oh, Henry, we got to hang out. And then, we did, and we realized we we remembered very quickly why we were friends, and uh, have have since become, you know, remained best friends. But um, I, I didn't really realize that he was a filmmaker, and had started looking at some you know tiny little things that he had done, camera tests and local commercial stuff, and mm-hmm. you know nothing nothing of significance, but things that were very clear. Where I said, oh wow, he's he's got a voice, he's got something to say, he's he's talented and so starting as a friend just realized that you know i i through my own work that whatever i could do to help i was more than happy to to open a door because he obviously could step through it and so over time that went from just being a friend and helping out to ultimately producing projects together um so you know to a degree it's i i feel um it's it's a bit of my mission to make sure that he has the stage and the platform to be able to continue telling stories because Obviously, uh, 6th of June was only possible with his vision. Now, his his being a Roosevelt, is he descended from Theodore Roosevelt? What line is... Uh, so I, I, I think he's probably better to fully validate, but I think my understanding is that Teddy was his great, great, great uncle. I see. Well, there's another presidential descendant involved with the film. Susan Eisenhower. I'll let her insightful comments take us to break. The danger is 
that we don't teach this history anymore. I asked the students, so I knew how many, uh, how much background to give them. How many of you know about George Marshall? One person raised his hand. One person. Okay, how many of you know who George Patton is? One person. Do you know who the person was? Stan, I can't remember Stan's last name. Stan from Zimbabwe. Not one American. High school students end up at college not knowing who these people are. I wanted to take a moment to thank our growing army of listener supporter members. You make it possible to continue our mission of bringing you the best military history authors, filmmakers, and movers and shakers. If you're not a member yet, it's easy to join and it takes just seconds. Scroll down to the bottom of this episode's description and click the support link. You'll come to our anchor page, click the support button, complete the brief form. It's that easy. We're planning loyalty perks and giveaways to roll out over the coming months for our early supporters who sign on before the end of the year. So don't wait, become a member today, and thank you for your support. Now your narrator I've spoken with a couple times, he's very impressive, Keith Nightingale, who's actually been on this series, been on a Point of the Spear in, the, in a past episode. Mm -hmm. How did he come to the project? So my, my I'll go back to the beginning with my mom. You know, she had been going over to Normandy for years and really developed the relationships and, and um, you know, the perspective that made the film possible. And you know, one of the people that she met in her travels there and was Keith. Um, and so initially the film was actually, when we were going over there, it was leading up to the 75th anniversary. And we were thinking, well, what Keith is doing is so important over in Normandy. If we can try and cut something that would get him a larger stage and more of an audience, then hopefully he, you know, personally, and then whatever successor he would find, um, which is a Herculean task um, to be sure, mm -hmm. but uh, whatever successor he would find would have the opportunity to, you know, continue doing the, the important work that he's doing over there. And so we were initially thinking this would be a, a short profile piece, you know, that maybe we could sell to a commercial partner and, you know, be able to finance years to come of him being able to do that work. And then when they got over there, obviously realized that through the access that my mom had really opened up um, and, you know, the stories that could be told uh, at that particular moment in time, there was, there was a larger and more important story to tell of which Keith is a, a critical component, but, you know, ultimately leading to what became the film. Mm -hmm. And his his involvement in, in that long time involvement over there really comes through in the delivery, the narration. It, it, it's very uh, uh, organic. It's very connected. I, I it's such a storytelling narration. You know, the locals here have an expression for the Americans that died on that day. Mort pour la France died for France, but they really mean died for civilization. No, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I think uh, if, if Keith ever needed, you know, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have too hard of a time finding some acting, uh, some, some work as a voice actor. Um, yeah, but, I <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, I think we emotionally were trying to capture the importance of what he was doing, but uh, I think You'd need, you know, uh, a couple of plane tickets and a few days in order to 
fully get the grasp and I, you know, we're, we're hopeful that we'll be able to put together the opportunity to, to film with him over there in full and really capture the, the, the tours that he provides for uh, the active serving because mm. it's, um, it's a tradition that, that needs to be maintained and continued. I agree. Now, one of the outcomes of the film uh, was pretty substantial. The film was pivotal in securing the Purple Heart for a World War II African-American veteran. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so, uh, and I think, um, I think I, I, the, me as well as the rest of the team would probably say that, you know, we, we didn't do the hard work here. Um, but, you know, I, when we filmed with, with Ozzie Fletcher, we realized very quickly um, that he, not only was his story important and relevant to the film um, and the perspective that he offered to the film, but really quickly realized that he hadn't been, the country didn't serve him the way that maybe it should have. And, you know, he, he um, I guess the, the quick story is he went over, um, he was D-Day plus three, I think. Um, I, I'm, 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 uh, I might be misspeaking the detail there, but um, he went over just after D-Day um, and he was delivering uh, supplies to the front and was in a Jeep and it was blown up. And most of the folks that he was with in the vehicle um, were deceased, but he survived, but he has a, a, a huge shrapnel wound in his head. And basically they, they pulled him over, stitched him up and threw him back out there. And the records were not kept as, as they should have been for um, African-American soldiers at the time. And so there wasn't a, strong record of his service let alone his wounds and so he was never um he was never offered the purple heart and um and so when we heard this from his daughter uh we actually initially found the story in a in a daily news article and realized that one this was an important voice for our our, our film but if there was anything that we could do it would be trying to support his his family's mission to get him the honor that he's so rightfully deserved. And so um, we, you know, ag again, leaning back to the connections that we had made through my, my mother, were able to um, open up doors that ultimately led us to General Milley, um, who had screened the film when we were over in Normandy and was, you know, supportive of the film and, you know, was a fan of the film. And so we reached out to his office and explained what had happened in uh, Ozzy's story and the situation and, and asked if they could support. And they were so inclined to do so. And they were able to help um, his daughter, Jacqueline, and, and their family sort of cut through the red tape, find the records, because uh, I think some of his records were destroyed in fire and others were, mm -hmm. were challenging to uncover. And so um, they they were instrumental in, in bringing it over the finish line. And so we played a, a small part in just helping to open a door, but um, you know, we we ultimately were able to get him that that um, recognition, and there was a, a beautiful ceremony that they held for him in Brooklyn uh, last or earlier this year. Yeah, I remember reading about that earlier this year, and I didn't I didn't know, you know, the connection with your film at the time, and mm. and uh, you know, I just read it, and I said, boy, what a great story. And then I saw the connection, and I said, "Oh, that's even better." <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, no, and and you know, I think that 
the and I don't think I've said this so far. I think our our hope with the film is that when we were making it, it was leading up to the 75th anniversary, and we realized, you know, at the next major anniversary, you know, the hundred year, most of these guys, you know, would be gone if there was any left, and mm -hmm. so it was important that people pay attention to their stories now because if they don't, they're going to be gone. And so to whatever degree we can highlight that and really make people curious, obviously in this specific history, but sort of generally just, you know, speak to your grandparents, but in this specific context, you know, really getting into, you know, finding out the history while you have the opportunity in the moment to. And so we really wanted the film to inspire people to have that conversation, you know, talk to your grandparents. As we got deeper into it and we learned more of these stories and got closer to the families, we realized that, you know, whatever we could do to help was critical. And so with with Ozzy, we really saw the ability to give back as being the ultimate success of the film. You know, it doesn't matter what happens with the film or where it was distributed or who got on board or awards that, it, you know, we might have received or places that the film was screened. It was really just about how can we impact these people who gave us so much. I've been going back to Normandy every year. It is my age-reducing medicine. People over there make you feel young. They make you feel wanted. They make you feel as you were needed. They treat you with reverence. The other night there in St. Mary Glees, uh, so many just youngsters came up and the father or the mother would come to me. Is it okay to take a picture with, he wants to take a picture with American soldier. We don't see too much of it in the States like this, but uh, it, you go home feeling somebody appreciated what you did. That's a way I can put it. The people in Normandy, to them, I wasn't a black soldier. To them, I was an American soldier. We were friends. We were equals. Now, you mentioned, uh, you know, film festivals and awards and other things like that, and it has screened at a number of prestigious film festivals, including Tribeca, but uh, it's off the festival circuit. Where can people view it now? Yeah, um, so we we were fortunate to have a festival run. It was definitely at a at a weird time going through a pandemic when right. you're trying to do film festivals, which are inherently in person. Um, but you know, we uh, we were obviously fortunate to have the stage that we did, um, and we realized that you know it had been some time since we had made the film. Um, and, you know, we were in conversations with potential distributors, but leading up to, um, I think we did it before Veterans Day this year. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we realized that we wanted to just get the film out there. Um, and so we, uh, we released the film on June 6th, um, of this year. And, um, we just thought it was the most important time and the most important moment to do it. And so... The film is now available on YouTube. Um, you can find it at our um, at our YouTube link, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's available Excellent. to the public. Excellent. It's uh, the more people that see it, the better. Mm, I appreciate it. Yeah, because it just adds to the conversation. 
and the honor of these men. So everyone make a note of that. You can see it on YouTube. The film is called 6th of June, and I urge everyone to, to view it on YouTube at your earliest opportunity. Ryland, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me and, and giving your platform uh, to, to the film and, and to the, the veterans who uh, are featured in the film. It's, uh, you know, it's an honor and a privilege, and uh, hopefully more people will be inspired to go speak to veterans and, and you know, speak to their grandparents and, and learn about this important history. And for those who are so fortunate, we'll be able to, to get over to Normandy at some time because uh, it is certainly a unique experience you can only really get when you're there. People have to realize that nobody lives forever. What we leave behind is just, is just our memories in other people's minds. What you do with it is, is up to you. Almighty God, our sons, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic and our civilization. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance among all thy people. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace will let all men live in freedom. Amen. Point of the Spear is produced by RSC Media Group.